Hello and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I am your host, Emmy Cardinale, and this is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching or re-watching once a week. Now, I've been giving this introduction at the beginning of all my episodes, but I just feel like it's important to say I typically would cover all the shows I'm watching, whether it's like a 10-year-old show, something that's airing now, scripted, unscripted, everything. This podcast just started as a place for me to share my thoughts on what I've been watching. But when the SAG after WGA, well, when the SAG after strike started, there was a big conversation around what people who review movies and like podcasts and influencers and all those kinds of people, how they should talk about media because SAG after members are not able to promote their work whether it be old work whether it's current work and so they asked people to not promote any struck work so I just haven't been talking about anything that I've been watching that is struck reality tv doesn't fall under the same contract so it's not it's not crossing a picket line to be on reality tv nor talk about it from my understanding and so that's what I've been doing lately and I'll keep doing it as long as the strike goes like i I'm riding until the wheels fall off. I am standing firmly in solidarity. And I just happen to get very lucky that Big Brother's season is on right now and that it's a very long season because I have so much to talk about that I'm doing just fine. And this season is the first season that... Before I just before I jump straight into talking about Big Brother, if this is the first episode of mine you're listening to and you liked, you like it... Um, follow me wherever you listen to podcasts, like and subscribe, all of that good stuff. But anyways, yeah, I just, I need to get that out of the way. Anyways, I, this is like the first season of Big Brother that I've been watching the feeds like religiously. I've had Paramount Plus on and off for the last, I had it during season 24, but I didn't watch the feeds that frequently. Now I have it on in the background, like almost all the time when I'm doing housework, like, like I'm, I'm like, I always, I'm always watching the feeds when I can. So I've just been consuming, like Big Brother has taken up all of my thoughts and all of my time. And part of me is kind of glad that I'm just, I mean, I'm not gonna just talk about Big Brother. I have been recently just because the, like the Bachelor was on hiatus and I just haven't really known whether other shows to talk about. And I've had so much to say about Big Brother. But I think I might not just do Big Brother next week. I, I might do a variety. Well, while I'm here in the introduction, because this is all going to be part of the introduction and the chapters, because there are always chapters in the description of these episodes, I will probably not have an episode out next week. Now, I want to still record an episode talking about Big Brother week seven, because I just feel like there's going to be a lot, like I'm going to have so much to say as I always do. But my mom's in town next weekend, and so I don't anticipate taking time out of my day to be like, thank you so much for flying all the way from Washington, D.C., but I need like an hour to record my podcast. I don't really want to do that to her since she's just here for the weekend. If she was staying with me for like a week, I'd be like, Monique, go out, enjoy L.A., (laughs) but I'm not doing that. So she's only here for the weekend, and I only have so many days off. And I just want to spend as much time with my mom as I can. So probably next week's episode will not be out. 
Well, it definitely won't be out on Friday. It'll probably be out early the following week, like maybe that Monday, maybe that Tuesday. It'll definitely, I'm definitely getting an episode out about week seven. I'll just record it later than normally and edit it after work one night. So um, it'll, it'll be fine. I, I will record an, a podcast about this upcoming week of Big Brother. It just won't be at my regular time. And then hopefully I'll, I'll go back to regularly, regularly scheduled programming from there. But sorry for that long-winded introduction. I always say, I'm like, I feel like the introduction is so long. And then when I'm editing it, it's like two minutes. Like if I was watching a podcast, that wouldn't be a crazy long introduction. Plus you can skip ahead if you don't care about any of that. But anyways... This week of Big Brother. Now, I record on Thursdays and I've gotten very lucky that, or not gotten very lucky, but I am lucky to live on the West Coast. So the episode doesn't air that late for me. And last week's HOH was live. And then this week's HOH didn't take that long. It was the wall competition, but it, it like, it really, I think it took like less than an hour. Like it, it didn't take that long. So I watched it all live. And I'm recording this later than I normally do. It's like one in the morning. So I have watched a good amount of feeds after the HOH one. So I'm going to go through kind of everything that happened from last Thursday up until most of what like happened. I'm going to try to just go up until the HOH, but I also want to talk about my hopes for next week because I did that last time. But anyways, I similarly to last week, took a lot of notes throughout the week and then I tried to clump it together by the days to track like the narrative structure of the week. If I mess up, I'm sorry. This is not a full-time job. This is simply a hobby. So my apologies. I'm not Rob has a podcast. Like who, who am I? I'm just, and I have a full-time job. So I'm watching feeds as much as I can and taking as many notes as I can and catching up on what I didn't watch and then taking those notes. Like I'm trying my best. I'm putting a lot of effort into this because I genuinely care a lot about Big Brother. But honestly, at the end of the day, this is not a recap podcast. I, on occasion, do recaps, deep dives, and those are labeled recaps. Last week, I did label it a recap because I put a lot of effort into it um, of getting like the structure. This week is going to be a little bit more all over the place because I'm currently fostering kittens and they're available for adoption. So I've been like working on their, their adoption stuff and interviewing people. And like, I've just, I've been, I I have a life. <laughs> it's funny because I say that, but it's like compared to the amount of hours they've put into like kitten stuff, not like taking care of them. I mean, like that's like number two after taking care of myself, you know, you have to put your own mask on in the airplane first or whatever. I think honestly, that is one of my biggest fears. <laughs> what tangent am I going on anyways in terms of like their adoption stuff like the amount of I I feel like I put so much so many hours and effort into big brother which is a little bit embarrassing but I also it's like with the kitten adoption stuff it's like when their profiles are live and people reach out to you there's only so much you can do you know you're like you send people applications and then you wait to receive them and schedule a time to talk further it's like I can't you know like I had, a, I've had people reach out to me, but then I've just had people not get back to me after I've reached out again. So it's just like a, anyways, 
I go on all these unnecessary tangents, but you know what? My sister listens to these and I like to think that she listens and she's like, I didn't know that about Emmy's day. Glad I learned. Maybe not. I say that as if I don't tell her like 90% of what's going on in my life, but love you if you're listening to this. So anyways, week six of Big Brother 25. So on Thursday night, as I said, Red went home. I think I talked about this in the in last week's episode because, again, I recorded it after. So Red went home, Cam won the HUH. It was down to Cam, Izzy, and Corey, and it was devastating. Nobody was happy. Um, Cam was the one person they did not want to win, and Cam was the one person I really didn't want to win. I wanted him out. I'm, I was sick and tired of Cam. Cam won. I was devastated. On Sunday night's episode, we saw more of the fallout post-Cam going or Cam winning HOH because they always cut the feeds like after immediately after stuff like that. So even though we knew Cam won HOH, we didn't see most of the fallout of Bowie was really upset. Like they kind of try to talk to Bowie, but was like, you could have just wrote me in. I honestly, I felt really bad for Bowie because she was like crying. She's like, there was a moment too where Felicia sends Matt out of the room and then she says to Bowie, stop crying, play the game. Like, it's not a big deal, which I don't know if is the best approach. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't, I don't feel like it's the best approach to be like, get over it. You have to validate people's feelings and then be like, I understand why you feel that way. It's a human, you know, like I I think Sari did a really good job of this when like, I either Red was crying or he was emotional or something and he was like upset about like being nominated on his birthday week and stuff like that and Sari said to him like it's okay to feel sad it doesn't make you any less of a man or anything like like she she was like that's what you have to do is like it's a very emotional game you're literally like it's a mind fuck of a situation you're locked in a house with all these people you've never met unless you're serene <laughs> And, you know, you gave birth to somebody in the house. But, like, all these people you don't know, you're cut off from the outside world. You don't have any kind of media. You can't even write down on a piece of paper. The only book you're allowed to have is a Bible. <laughs> like, I'd go crazy, too. Honestly, I, if I were to ever go on Big Brother, I would bring in a Bible just to read it like it was a book. I'd be like, oh, my God, what did John do? Or whatever. I've never read the Bible, like, cover to cover. I haven't even opened a Bible since the last time I went to church. Yeah, the fallout of Cam winning HOH was kind of like them being like, well, we didn't want this, but they also tried to tell Cam, they gave him all these bullshit reasons for why they had to vote Cam Red out, like not being honest to him at all, which like, I don't really care about Cam, so I don't really care that they lied to him, but I understand why he was like, they're lying to me because they literally were lying to him. And I respect it, but I also understand why he was upset. See, look at me validating somebody's feelings even though I don't like them and I think they're stupid. (laughs) Um, It's possible, you know, to be validating and also think somebody's ridiculous. Not that Cameron needs my validation. He has an ego the size of Mount Rushmore. I, I I pulled that out of my ass. The Mount Rushmore thing, not the fact that he has an ego, he does. So it's Humila Week, which they did announce at the end of Thursday's live episode, which we knew meant everybody was going to be how not to accept Cameron. But we found out on Sunday's episode, and I be- it seemed like they announced this that same evening because 
they were all still dressed the same. That every they have to every time they go to the bathroom, they have to announce it on a mega like megaphone. There's like a stinkometer, and every single time the stinkometer hits a ten, everybody has to put on gas masks until this the thing is basically they're humiliating them the whole week on top of them being have nots. Pam up until nominations was telling everybody that his nominees were Jag and Blue. He did at some point make a deal with Jag. I think it was Friday right before nominations. I'm not really sure where on the timeline that was because he was telling everybody like it's Jag and Blue, it's Jag and Blue, it's Jag and Blue. But then we saw him say to Jag, if I don't nominate you, like, will I be safe with you next week? And he said yes. So they made a deal. The nomination ceremony was a old school Big Brother-esque like key wheel type ceremony, which if you don't know, if you've never watched an older season of Big Brother, I don't know when they discontinued this because I haven't watched every single scene of season of Big Brother in order. I've just, I've bopped around and I, I don't know which season they stopped doing the key wheel, but I have seen seasons where they've done the key wheel. Um, Cause I watched season four, I watched season 10, I watched season 14. I'm currently watching Big Brother six very slowly. I started watching Big Brother six because there was a, there was a while there where they were going, they were going to bed before like 2 a.m. And I needed something to fill the 2 to 3 a.m. hour time slot that wasn't me watching them. And then when when Corey and America started hooking up, I just didn't want to, like, watch the live feeds when they were, like, kissing. Like, it felt weird. So I was just like, I'll, I'll watch an hour of Big Brother 6 before I go to sleep anyway. I, what I should have done is just stop going to bed at 3 in the morning. But you know what? I didn't do that. My podcast can never just stick on one topic. I always have to talk about my life. You would think I'm not in therapy, but I am. I just... <laughs> Anyways, so the key wheel, instead of the two house guests keys that are nominated for eviction being in the thing and you turn them and it reveals who is nominated, in the older seasons, there was a wheel and the HOH would put in everybody's keys except the two people nominated and you would slowly like the HOH would remove a key and then that person's key whose key it was would remove another key and so forth so it was like instead of just revealing they slowly eliminated and it built some suspense and it was a whole thing so they did a similar thing where instead of him just revealing who the two nominees were he had to since it was humility week pie them all in the face and whoever he didn't pie was nominated now izzy and felicia neither thought they were going to be nominated so off her glasses felicia took out her denture and there was a moment where i i think i found this out from like reading people like reading stuff about the feeds after i think felicia had said which they didn't include in the episode that she wanted the key lime pie and when Cameron key lime pied Jag, Felicia knew that she was not getting pie. Therefore, she knew she was going to be nominated. So they went in the circle and Izzy and Felicia were nominated. Cam clearly wants to backdoor Sari. He's giving this away in his DR segment. I think, honestly, he preferred Izzy out, but... 
he was targeting that trio because, as he said before, Sabri is the president, Felicia is the vice president, and Aziz the secretary of defense. So he wanted, he didn't want to nominate the president right away, but he wanted to chip away at it. So that was his approach. But I think he just dislikes Izzy more. So I feel like if he had to choose on a personal level, I think he would have preferred to get Izzy out. But that's just my read on the situation. I think Cam is a little homophobic. So I think that was a hate crime. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But anyways, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't tell anybody that, but it's obvious to me. And he does kind of like Jared, he tells Jared that he has a plan and he's like, this was the first step. Tell everybody my nominees are this, then do this. Yeah. Like he's like had a, a 12 point plan or whatever the fuck. So he, he basically told Jared, like once, if you win the veto, like I'll tell you what the next step is or whatever. And he also, Cam tells Felicia she's not the target, Izzy is, and then he tells Izzy that Izzy's not the target, Felicia is, yada, yada, yada. As if they didn't compare notes. You think they're in the fucking West Wing together and they're not going to be comparing notes. Like, weird. <laughs> um, anyways, on Saturday, the veto is played. It's Cam, Felicia, Izzy, and then Matt, Jared, and Jack. So it's it's kind of it's the white elephant veto, which is when the first person eliminated gets the veto, and then the next person gets something else, and the last person gets to pick which. Uh, like uh, you know, if you've ever played white elephant, you get the gist. Whoever goes, whoever goes first has the worst odds. <laughs> so Jared gets the veto, but technically Matt wins, and. The the veto competition was like an ad for the Buddy Games hosted by Josh Duhamel, and which is relevant to what I'm about to say. But Matt won, but the last like prize, quote unquote, was Duhamel a maniac. It was like you get to hang out with Josh and take selfies with him all week. And Matt thought that he would actually get to hang out. He would actually get to hang out with Josh, and so he said in his DR like. I, like the veto's fine. None of these prizes are that good. I'd rather hang out with Josh, so he doesn't get the veto. So Jared gets the veto by default, and he wasn't even second place. I think he was like third place or something. Like it doesn't seem he wasn't the last. It wasn't like like he had like two people could have taken the veto from him. They just didn't because Jag Izzy was the first person out. She obviously, she gets the veto. The first person always gets the veto. The next person out was Cameron. He, he got Piggy Pal, the Piggy Pal's punishment. And so he gave it to Izzy. And then Izzy had to pick somebody to do it with her. And she picked, she picked Cam. as like, you know, punish, you know, why wouldn't she? And basically the Piggy Pal thing, they had to like scoop dirt from one side of the yard to the other in like tiny cups and they had to do 200 like cup 2000 cupfuls so they did that all night they had like 12 hours to do it and if they didn't do it Izzy wouldn't get to play in the next veto Cameron would not be impacted at all like he and he could have completely sabotaged her but anyways then I don't remember who the next person out was Oh, the next person out was Felicia. She took the veto 
and gave she she originally got like the third place prize was a trip to Europe, but she took the veto, so Cam got the trip to Europe. And then the next person was Jag. Jag got 5K. And he decided to keep the 5K. So um, did I do that wrong? No, I th I think I'm right. Okay, and then oh okay yeah okay 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 I got it I got it right now. Okay, so Felicia took the veto, gave Cam the Europe trip, and then Jag kept the 5K. Jared's prize was like a punishment with the kayak thing. He took the veto. No, I, I don't know the order. I'm, I'm getting this wrong. I'm sorry. Anyways, it ended with Jared getting the veto because nobody took it from him. He didn't technically win. And I like to just dunk on Jared whenever I can because he said an ableist slur and received no punishment for it. Like at this point, I I don't know Jared's heart. I don't know his mind. I don't know what he genuinely knows and what he doesn't. Like I, I at this point, I just wish more than anything that CBS took it as like a learning moment and it would have been a very good conversation to be like, hey, maybe you heard this word growing up to just mean stupid or something, but it's actually a slur. Like it could have just been such a good learning moment that they didn't take and I'm upset about it that it's just never gonna be talked about and he's just gonna go about his life. But anyways, so I just like to dunk on Jared because if CBS isn't gonna punish him, I will. <laughs> also, before I move on from the veto, this competition, like literally I was like, if I was doing this on slop, I would have passed out and it looked like Felicia did. Like she was like sweating really profusely. She like laid down, they gave her a bunch of ice. Like it was, I would have passed out if I was barely eating and they spun me around like super fast and then I had to throw a ball. Honestly, the ball isn't the thing, like just the spinning. I feel like I would have passed out alone from the spinning if I had barely eaten. Like I, I could not do that. The punishments were Izzy had the Piggy Pals thing, which I mentioned. Jag got $5,000. Cam got a European tri trip to Europe. Felicia, Felicia had a kayak punishment where she got to pick a buddy too because it was the buddy game. So everything was like pairs. Matt got Dumelomaniac, which he thought was him <laughs> hanging out with Josh, but really it was him carrying a cardboard cutout with him. And he had to wear like a costume and take... Polaroid pictures with the cardboard cut out the entire week. But honestly, not the worst punishment because at least he didn't, he wasn't paired up with somebody else. I feel like that was a really annoying part of the punishment. I mean, Izzy and Cameron, at least they didn't have to be together like all the time, like all the time. They had to do the dirt thing together, but they weren't together. Like literally Felicia was, and, and Sari were like stuck together for 48 hours. Nightmare and they had to like move in a kayak and they had to stop somewhere they had to dock and stand on the kayak It was a nightmare Like his was not bad and he got to take a bunch of Polaroids, which is probably really fun To take a bunch of pictures in the big brother house and they Big brother contestants get like boxes at the end of the season with like any costume they wore during the season Stuff like that. So I'm sure he's gonna get to keep all the Polaroids and like, you know, it's a nice little memory and he said he was a really big fan, which is why he picked the thing, thinking he was like gonna get to hang out with him. And honestly, I would love to carry, like if I had to do any punishment, I would love to carry a, around a cardboard cutout, 
cut out with somebody I stand and then get a bunch of Polaroids with my friends in the house and his cardboard cutout. It's kind of fun. Like, what can I say? I would love that. It is kind of silly though that he chose it for himself. Like, it's not the worst punishment to get, but it is silly when you do that. I think Jack should have taken the Europe trip. Actually, I don't know. Between 5K and a Europe trip, I feel like I would... Because my gut instinct is like the trip to Europe, but I, I don't really, I think I would take the 5k. Like I just, especially because you're not a jury yet. Like you, you don't know. If I went out on Big Brother, like I would either have to quit my job or no, I would probably have to quit my job. Like I don't, like, I don't know. Like any kind of money helps, especially if you're not in jury yet. But anyways, Jared was in a horrible mood this entire week because he wasn't eating. And Jared is a horrible player when he's in a bad mood. That combined with Sari not being able to talk really to anybody because she couldn't move around the house freely. And then when she was around people, she couldn't she couldn't talk to people one-on-one because Felicia was already always there and Felicia was on the block and Sari wanted to keep Izzy. So it was just like she was kind of out of the game for like 24, for 48 hours. So that that combined with Jared starting to be like a dick really started planting the seeds of what would later happen in the week. Like that's just important to know that Jared's bad mood and being more of a dick than normal really did not help. And that combined with the kayak also didn't help. So humil week, for as goofy as the show is, it had real impacts on the gameplay. So anyways, um, Cam, after Jared wins the veto, Cam tells him that he wants to backdoor Sari. So Jared's like, I'm not using it. But obviously he can't, he can't say, I don't want to use it because she's my mom. So he kind of like really tries to throw the target officer, he's like, she, she doesn't have anybody. Like if it was between Sari and Izzy, like, I think like he was, I don't know. He was really downplaying Sari's influence in a way that to me wasn't helpful. Also on Saturday, um, I don't know if I said that this, I probably did say that this all happened on Saturday. Also on Saturday, um, the pig punishment started. They, they, all the punishments started on Saturday. Um, Suri and Felicia started first and then Matt and then the pig costume, I believe in that order. So they started that at night doing the dirt thing. Also on Saturday, America and Corey were in the have not room because everybody had to sleep in the have not room. Like they had to take turns sleeping in the have not room since they were all have nots and Corey and America were there by themselves and they kissed for the first time. So AmeriCorps official showmance slay cutie patooties. On Sunday, they finished the pig punishment in the morning. Kayak thing is still happening. So not a lot of game talks in Ceri's realm. Matt is still doing his selfie punishment, which I find really funny. Also on Sunday, Matt tells America that he played in Path to Power and that he took Jag off, off the block. And he's like, you can't tell anybody. She's like, I won't tell anybody, not even Corey. It won't leave this room. 
she didn't technically lie because it didn't leave the room. She told Corey in the have not room because they, they slept in the have not room again because there was an uneven number of days and they had just kissed. So Corey was like, can we have like told Matt we're sleeping in the have not room again. So in the have not room at night, America tells Corey that at first, honestly, America doesn't like immediately run to, to Corey and it's like, Matt played Path to Power. Like he told me everything. She's like, did you know that Suri played? And he's like, no, how do you know? And she's like, Matt told me, but I told him I wouldn't tell you. So don't say anything. And this kind of is another seed planted of Corey starting to be like, shit, my positioning in this house is not that good. Now they have been like shit talking America to him for a while, but I think he thought he was in a better position, but hearing that not only like he said in his DR for either Thursday's episode, I think it was Thursday's episode, maybe Wednesday's, I don't know, Wednesday's was two hours long. So it's hard for me to remember, but he said at some point, I think it was on Thursday's episode that he doesn't blame, he's like, Sari not telling me is one thing, but like the fact that Matt knows, like I, I think it was less about the fact that Sari lied to him and more about the fact that he realized Matt was in a better position than he thought he was, which means Corey is not in as good of a position as he thought he was. Like he started being like, fuck, I'm not even close to high up on her list. And everything they're saying about, like, I think he knew for a while that America's position was shitty, but he thought his position was decent enough that he could get America to last a little bit longer. And I think he started to realize that his position was a bit closer to America's than he was realizing. So that, again, another seed planted where he's starting to be like, I don't really know. And anytime he tries to talk to Jared this week, Jared is like, not giving him anything like he didn't tell him anything about whether he was using the veto like he's not giving him anything he's like you'll see like he's not talking game to him which is a red flag and Jared sucks <laughs> um Cam also throughout the entire week just like wants chaos like Jared is like doesn't want to use the veto but he's like you should tell Felicia you're gonna use it on her and then don't like he just wants to make everybody's lives miserable in a way that just like it doesn't feel fun okay they can't eat anyway which also by the way he's like the only contestant i keep saying contestant he's the only house guest who is not a have not and not once do we see him eating in the kitchen or i don't think he knows how to cook for himself which like look i'm not trying to hate on anybody if they're not like a blue level chef, you know, she literally made slop this week that was so good that everybody was like, this tastes like risotto. And I'm like, drop the recipe when you leave blue. I'm so serious, like kitty purr. Like, please drop the recipe. I want to try to make it. <laughs> I don't even think I'm like that good of a chef. I, my parents got me a HelloFresh subscription, not sponsored for Christmas. And that has really helped me be a chef. Like now I know how to make risotto well enough that I, like I've made risotto enough times that I feel like I could make risotto. I, I would still need a recipe, but I wouldn't like, I would just need a recipe because I'd need the ingredients. Like I know the step of making risotto. Anyways, my point is I don't blame anybody if they're not necessarily, I mean, I don't know because I'm saying this, but I'm like 23 and I'm 24. Oh my God. But I, I only started learning to cook at like 23. Like, I mean, I always know how to make pasta and like, basic stuff 
but I really only started cooking like better at 23. But in my defense, I went to a four year residential college where like the meal plan was included. Like I didn't have to cook for myself. I did cook a little bit more when I lived in an on, like on campus apartment, but for the most part, it's like the food was made. I did, you know, anyways, and I was 23. <laughs> He is like a 30 year old single father and he doesn't know how to cook for himself. Like he couldn't even make pasta for himself all week, a simple buttered noodle. Even Corey, who is a college student knows how to make himself buttered noodles. Like Cam didn't cook all week. Cam is another person I hate. Cam and Jared, hate them. Anyways, um, that was all I had written down for Sunday. Sorry if something else happened. I feel like Sabri being in the kayak really just deterred gameplay because I'm like, I just, I, I don't even know what happened. So on Monday, Jared did not use the veto. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Bowie, Jane, and America are talking game. At this point, America really wants Izzy out. She's been saying for a while now that Izzy, Sari, and Felicia and that side of the house are running things and that she wants to target the power which Corey and America were saying last week that a Cam HOH wouldn't be the worst thing because he could make a move more comfortably. Like he could make a move that, that they then wouldn't have to get the blood on their hands. And I, I do think that was kind of America's goal, especially after he already nominated Izzy and Felicia. At this point, the, the general target was agreed to be Felicia because a lot of people were starting to not really trust Felicia game-wise, but America was kind of like, Izzy is the bigger target. Why don't we get Izzy out? Like she was kind of gunning for Izzy more from the beginning. Corey was not really budging, but Bowie Jane and America are talking game because Bowie Jane's kind of on the out. Nobody really trusts her. And America's trying to like plant the seeds and push people towards voting for Izzy. But at the end of the day, if Corey doesn't budge, they won't have enough swing. So Corey was a firm no for quite a few days there. At least Big Brother was. Like it, it all it all flipped very quickly, but like for a while, even though America was pushing, and even though Cameron was saying, I think this is a move, and America was like, I agree with you, Corey was like, This this wouldn't be smart. But things changed, and I'll get to that. Um, but the Bowie Jane conversation was kind of like the beginning of that because I feel like Bowie Jane, like Matt and Jag are even like not, were not people that she could maybe be that upfront with. Cam obviously wanted one of them out, but I think America was kind of hesitant about the flip for a while in terms of like convincing other people. And I think Bowie Jane was one of the first steps. There's also like Izzy, Bo there was Izzy Bowie Jane brief. And they had a very awkward conversation where Izzy was like, I heard we have beef <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. It was super awkward, but that, that didn't really help Izzy's case either. Um, Corey also tells America to stop trusting Blue because she's leaking shit. Like whatever she tells Blue gets back. Like it's like Blue isn't keeping things to herself, which I have to say, as much as people say that America can't keep her mouth shut, and America herself did say that. She did admit that. I don't know if it was on Tuesday or Wednesday, but at some point she was telling Corey, because she she's more than once this week been like talking about how bad of a player she feels like she is. And he's like, stop saying you're a bad player, which is really sweet. I appreciate that he stands up for her. 
and like tells her to be more confident in herself. But there was a point where she was like, I always thought watching the show that I was like, these people don't know how to shut up. And that is something that I'll be good at. And I haven't been good at it. So at least she, America recognizes that she doesn't always know how to keep her mouth shut. But I will say to America's credit, she never once after Corey told her to stop telling Blue shit, ever hinted anything to Blue, except that she, like the only thing she ever told Blue was that she was voting to keep Izzy. Like she was very tight-lipped. Even though when she was trying to flip other people, she never said anything to Blue because she knew Blue was not a person to flip. So I will give her that. America deserves her flowers when she waters them. So I'm giving them to her. Love you, America. <laughs> like she, she, she did that correctly. On Tuesday, more seeds are starting to grow. The, the Corey is still on the fence at this point. America's trying to convince Matt and Jag, and they're kind of like leaning more towards it, Jag especially. But Corey is still not sure. So at the end, he, like I think pretty sure at the I'm pretty sure at the end of Tuesday, it was kind of like he was like I'm not like I don't think I'm gonna do it. But on Wednesday, literally everything changed on Wednesday. Maybe things started changing on Tuesday. I literally, I don't know. I don't have many notes written for Tuesday. I'm sorry. But Wednesday was like genuinely the craziest day to watch feats because Corey is already starting to be skeptical. Like I think he has already realized that his position in the game is not that good. He's like realizing that he's out of the loop of stuff, like the path to power thing. Like, he is just realizing that he's out of the loop. And Jared's been icing him out this entire week because Jared is in a pissy mood and when Jared's in a bad mood. Like, Jared, he's won some competitions now, so I'm not going to say that he can't win. Like, you know, I is he the worst player ever? No. But the thing that gets me about Jared is that I feel like if there was one word to describe his gameplay, in my mind, it would be emotional. And the reason I find that so frustrating is not because he's an emotional player. Like, it's annoying to watch because he gets in a bad mood and suddenly he's like, I'm not going to talk to Corey anymore. Fuck Corey. And then when Corey picks up on that and he's like, no, I'm not going to be your lapdog. I'm going to turn on Izzy. Jared isn't going to look within himself or be like, what did I do to cause this? He's just going to be like, Corey is a snake. I never like, you know what I mean? Like he gets in bad moods and decides to, to cut relationships or not nurture relationships in the game because of these bad moods. And you can't do that in Big Brother. Like you can but it's sloppy gameplay because Big Brother is a social game and those connections you have matter. And if you've been building a connection with somebody, like a friendship or whatever, or a game relationship for like 42 days, and then on the 40, 43rd day, I don't even know if that, I think it might've been like the 40th day, I don't know. But if like on the 40th day, you're pissed off at somebody and you decide I, I'm done with him, I'm not gonna talk to him anymore. And then he flips on you. You can't blame anybody but yourself, but you know what he's not gonna do? Blame himself. Like, he is just such an emotional player. So much of Izzy's unfortunate downfall was not even her own fault. It was the fact that Jared, like, Jared's behavior really raised a red flag in, in Corey's mind. Like, that, like, it's just, it's annoying. He's such an emotional player. And the reason, I, I, I went on a tangent, I didn't even remember, I didn't even hone my point, but... 
one of the reasons it pisses me off so much is because he has said more than once, like, it's hard to play with women when they're emotional. Which is just, like, gross for you to say, period. Even if you weren't an emotional player. Like, Corey, I don't think is that emotional of a player. But even if he said that, it'd be gross. But it's so ironic coming from Jared when it's like, you are such an emotional asshole. I think men... And not all men, okay, whatever. But I feel like a lot of men view emotional as, like, I don't think they understand what the word emotional means. Like, they think it's just somebody who's like, I don't know. I feel like men don't recognize when they're emotional. Does that make sense? (laughs) Like, I I don't think they realize that, like, frust, like, as somebody who has been in a lot of therapy and I specifically work on emotion regulation in therapy. Like emotions aren't just like having like a mental breakdown. It's like acting from a place. (laughs) I feel like I I don't have to explain this because it sounds so obvious, but I feel like it's not that obvious to people, but like acting from a place of emotion, it's not just like getting like being like re like it's just genuine <laughs> anyways jared is an emotional player is what I'm, I'm going like is my thesis for everything is jared is an emotional player and it's absurd that he doesn't think he's an emotional player does he know what emotions are like has he never seen inside out i'm sorry okay anyways i don't even remember where i was but yeah so on wednesday Corey is already starting to feel sketched out about his positioning in the house. And Izzy says to Corey, because, okay, America, and I don't know if this was shown on the feeds. If it was, I just wasn't awake when it happened. But basically, America had a conversation either with, had a conversation with Mimi where she hinted that she was going to keep Felicia or that she wasn't like, set on keeping Izzy she just she gave an answer that wasn't like a definitive like I'm keeping Izzy and that got back to Izzy and Sari and everybody and so they got like they were like upset because they were like why would you tell her that or something and then Izzy was really mad and Izzy told Corey like was really mad about America he told Corey you have to stop sleeping in the same bed as America and Corey playing it up was like, I can't believe I trusted her, like yada, yada, yada. And Izzy's like, it's not your fault. Like you're the 21 year old who's like hooking up with her. And I felt like, and then she was like, not to like lecture you, but I do feel like a few things happened there. At this point, Corey is already starting to realize that these people who he put in a certain hierarchy in his brain in terms of who he's aligned with, he's a lot further down in their list, you know? The great philosopher Taylor Swift once said, putting someone first only works if you're in their top five. Like, Corey started realizing that they're not letting him bejeweled, you know? <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> that was silly. But no, but like, for real, I think he started realizing that he is not a priority to them. So that was already starting to happen to him. And I think Izzy basically telling him that he should cut out America, just kind of validated to him that his game doesn't matter. Like, this is my perspective. I'm not in Corey's brain. But if I was Corey and this happened to me, I would be like, you guys want my number one ally home, like gone. And I have been trying not to be 
pissy about that, even though obviously it would be bad for my game and I've told you it's been bad for my game. But now not only do you want me like want them gone because they made a mistake, you're like telling me I can't even associate with the people I want to associate with. And then when I'm saying, yeah, you're right, I shouldn't trust her like that, like I'm agreeing that that was a wrong thing for her to do, you're like basically being like, you're hooking up with her, it's not your fault or something like that. You're basically implying like he's 21 and like he's hooking up with her so we can't think clearly. And like, does that kind of thing always cloud your judgment? Of course it does, but I think being told like it's not your fault like you're like hooking up with her of course it's gonna it it is kind of frustrating as like a game player who has tried so hard to be like you matter more to me than america even though i have feelings for her and we're like in a in a relate like he has tried to validate so many times that america is not his number one and now they're ba like somebody is basically like you should get rid of uh, an ally who's not aligning with me like it was i don't know i think that was the last straw so Corey realizes he can't align with them and he is like i'm all down for the flip so he's like he says to jag look if you're in i'm in like we have to do this it's the move so they just they decide and the flip is on matt agrees jag agrees Corey talks to mimi mimi was already planning to vote to keep Felicia anyway, but Mimi had started to realize she was on the outs of the vote. I th on like the outside of the vote. Felicia a few nights before was like, Mimi, like I don't think the votes are in her favor. And Mimi just like really believes in the brown sugar babe. So she like, I, she really believed in Jared and three. I don't know for how long because I don't know when the gear started shifting in her brain, but she's a very smart woman. So probably earlier than it seemed. Because Mimi also just, like, doesn't talk to the cameras. And they only show us so much of the DR. Like, I just don't know what Mimi's thinking, but I love her. Anyways, Corey tells Mimi, like, the flip is on. And things seem to be good. And because of the whole America being a rat or them not trusting America, Corey is like, we have to pretend that I'm mad at you, that we're, like, broken up. Like, we're not, don't be around me. Like, we're over. So they don't hang out for most of the day. And at some point, Suri pulled Corey into the storage room and was like, look, this whole America thing, she wasn't even trying to do something like that wrong. She just was like trying to be like courteous and polite when they asked her if she was voting to keep Felicia. If you really have feelings for her, like you shouldn't just cut her off based off of like this one thing. Very sweet. I like. I, you know, as much as I hate her son, so I I do enjoy watching Suri. What can I say? Like, the thing is, I always said this. I wanted resistance to Suri's side, not necessarily because I don't want Suri to win. If Suri wins, I'm not going to be upset. I think, I mean, there's still like 60 days left, like maybe like 55 at this point, but there's still like a good amount of the days left. But I think she's played a very good game. And I always said that I, I don't think that like a blow to her game is going to necessarily deter her. And I think it's always a positive for your resume and a more compelling win if it wasn't all handed to you. And I'm not saying that it would have been, but a little bit resistant is good. Losing like a big ally pre-jury, that's good if you can recover and like 
then all all of those things are good and I feel like she could recover. Like if anybody can recover, it's Rhi. And if she does, then that just makes her victory that much better. So it's never about me rooting against Rhi. It's about me wanting an interesting TV show, an interesting game, you know? So I'm not rooting against Rhi. I am rooting against Jared. <laughs> I'm always rooting against Jared. Like the, at the end of the day, if it hurts Rhi's game a little bit, but Jared goes home, then I'm always going to be rooting for the thing that, that sends Jared home. Like, I'm sorry. That is my priority at this point. I really don't like Jared. I lost my train of thought. Oh, Sari, again, super sweet, trying to mend the AmeriCorps fence. She's a shipper. What can I say? <laughs> also, Wednesday evening, Sari starts noticing that people are acting weird. She, she picks up on vibes. Like, they start to realize that Izzy might not be safe. Izzy even says at some point, like, I think maybe the America thing, like, didn't help. So she tries to talk to America, but at this point, the flip is on, so that does nothing. And it really, it doesn't mean anything to America at that point anyway, because she's already kind of had some disdain towards Izzy. Corey is very sad about the flip. He, like, knows it's the right move, but for him, it's mostly, for him, it's the right move because he no longer trusts Jared and Suri and Izzy is a very close ally to them. So it's more a blow to Jared and Suri's game than it is to Izzy's. But Izzy's the one on the block, so Izzy's the one who unfortunately has to go. But like in an ideal world, if he had to cut any of them, or if he had to keep anyone from Suri, Izzy, and Jared, it would have been Izzy. So that was sad for Corey. And he does still seem sad. But anyways, on Thursday, all hell broke loose. <laughs> Thursday was a crazy day to watch on the feeds, especially because so much of Thursday isn't shown on feeds because they have to like cut the feeds for lockdown and then the live show and it's just like a disaster. But Izzy and the others started catching wind that maybe Izzy is on the outs and Jared goes to Matt and lies about Jag having spilled that they are going to vote Izzy out. And Matt confirms, thinking that Jag blew the cover. Then Corey, Matt, and Jared talk, and they're like, fuck Jag, like, what the hell? We can't believe he did this. But they're basically like, we don't know why Jag's trying to sabotage it. Like, maybe he wanted to do it, but like, I've been firm for Izzy. Like, they are not budging at this point. A few hours later, the feeds go down a few times, but then the feeds come back and... Jared calls Corey in and Corey, Jared, Corey and Jared primarily have an argument, which was so wonderful to watch. If you have live feeds, I recommend going back and watching it because it was so compelling. I literally had to like rewind a ton because I was just like, somebody would say something and I'd be like, that's a mic drop. Like it was so good. I'm excited to see it in the episode. I think they will cut it into Sunday's episode. Um, but it was so good. It was so good. Like at first it was just Matt, Corey and Jared. And then Bowie came into the room and then Sari came into the room and then Jag came into the room and Corey was just, because Jared was like, I hear you guys, like, you don't trust me anymore. Like he just wanted to break everything down because Matt confirmed it because he thought Jag had like snitched. 
he was like, I've just heard all this stuff about you, yada, yada, yada. So Jared brought Corey in to be like, why don't you trust me? So J- Corey brought up all the alliances. It was like this whole thing. Bowie Jane was there. Like it was, it was this whole thing. And Mr. Speech and Debate, Corey Wurdenberger, came out looking amazing. Like he did such a good job because Jared would deflect. <laughs> he would yell. He would... Like, Jared yelled at him for, like, 40 minutes straight, and then he stopped yelling, and then Corey raised his voice, and Jared was like, I've lowered my tone, you should lower yours. It's like, dude, you've been yelling at him for 40 minutes, and anytime he tried to speak, you would talk over him, and he wouldn't get a word in. And then when he finally, anyways, but we didn't see the, the fallout of the fight, because it ended at some point before seemingly the fight wrapped, like, feeds cut out, but... Corey did a really good job. I don't think Jared helped himself very much. There there were a few standout moments of the fight. One was Jared eventually confirming that he didn't tell Jag or that Jag didn't tell him and that wasn't what happened. But I think he said, I heard that Jag was saying, like, I don't know. He like, he was so, I, oh God, anyways. Like, it, it was a great fight. I can't summarize it all right now because I didn't take notes when I was watching it because I was just so enthralled. But I will talk more about it when when that episode airs, when they intercut it, because I'm sure a lot of good stuff is going to happen. Another moment which was notable was at some point they were trying to address the, like, you said, you told Matt that Jag said this. And Jared says, you must have misunderstood me to Matt. And then Corey comes to, to his defense Lot, nobody in the room, like, seemingly everybody understood how fucked up of a thing that was to say to Matt. Because, like, that's just crazy to basically, instead of just saying, I lied. Or doubling down and saying you said that. To be like, no, you didn't understand what I said correctly. When Matt has said that he has, like, Matt's deaf and he can only hear so much. So... Sometimes he misses information. Like, it's just, it's a fucked up thing to basically be like, you didn't hear me correct. Like, it was icky. It was not, and they defended him because he was right. And then at some point he admitted actually, Jared just dug himself such a big hole. And you know why? Again, it was all emotion. He was mad at Corey and he needed to confront Corey and he didn't come with his like logic and his thought out. Everything was like, like he didn't, if you're gonna lie, have a lie planned and, and stick to your story. Like I think Corey did a really good job because he has, Corey didn't on a whim, like on an emotion based off of like how he felt towards Izzy, how he felt towards like Jared, anybody just decide I can't trust them, which I think is Jared's downfall. He feels something and then that becomes what guides him. Corey didn't want to vote Izzy out, but after many conversations with many people of realizing ways he was lied to, the way his position in the house was fucked, he had a lot of tangible reasons corroborated by multiple people why he didn't feel he could trust Jared, Suri, and Izzy. So when Jared came at him being like, this happened, he didn't have anything prepared, so he just lied and like, deflected and and talked over and was dismissive and he just he wasn't an effective communicator because he was communicating from a place of emotion so 
that's my read on the fight because Corey would be like, I have like X, Y, and Z. And he'd be like, that didn't happen. Like he didn't have good points to refute it. And at some point Corey even said like, Jared, if you're telling me one thing, but like five other people are telling me another thing, why am I going to believe you? Like Corey just had better points. Like speech and debate really came in clutch. It was a great fight. And Corey really came out on top. And in my opinion, it's proven. So by the live eviction, again, we didn't see the end of the fight, but it was so tense in that live eviction. They all knew at this point that Izzy was being voted out. So it was an eight to one vote. Sari gave her a vote. I'm surprised. Like the thing is, maybe it's just me, but at that point, if you don't have the votes and Izzy's leaving anyway, why wouldn't it just be 7-3? They already know you're on her side. The whole reason she's leaving is because you were on her side. What difference does that one vote make? Like, I feel like if you're, like, unless it's like a swing vote and you thought it was going to be 5-4 for somebody else and suddenly the person you didn't think was going home goes home. I don't understand why an uneven vote like has like why does it have to be basically unanimous every time like you can't have it be like seven two or something like what what's with that i don't like it it's just unnecessary jared couldn't have thrown his sister a vote she's a fields now dude you couldn't have done that like it's silly to me but i was genuinely very sad to see his ego her eviction was really sad to me she went out really funny she she stopped cam from giving her a hug and said i'll see you soon pig and then she didn't hug court either and she said you too pipsqueak which was funny and cam was a sore loser about it on feeds after but Corey was not because i love Corey, and i think Corey, Corey, like he didn't say that he hated izzy he liked izzy i i don't think and he genuinely seems sad and he said from the beginning that he wished it didn't have to be Izzy because it wasn't really Izzy that he didn't trust. It was Sari and Jared, but Izzy was always going to be more loyal to Sari and Jared than, than him. And this, the crazy part is like he says this and he knows this and he's clocked this without even knowing and realizing like the weight of the secret that's, that Izzy's been keeping for like 40 days like it's crazy so like he's right I understand why I had to make the move but I wish it hadn't been Izzy and I'm sad that Cameron got his way but the goodbye message from Sari was so sweet and so sad Izzy was tearing up at the end it just I'm sad that Izzy leaves and I hope that she comes back I typically don't love returning players but you know what I'll make an exception but you know, the funny thing is the first season of Big Brother I ever watched like live in real time. And I don't even remember why I started watching Big Brother. Like I genuinely don't remember. My sister was like, you should watch Big Brother. And so I did, but I don't remember if there was a reason why we started. But we were maybe like a friend of hers. I don't really know. But we started watching Big Brother 18. And that season had returning players. And I didn't know who any of them were because I'd never seen a season. So like none of that meant anything to me. I just knew that like whatever. And then the next season, Paul came back and I didn't dislike Paul. I just didn't like the way, like I, I, I didn't, I really didn't dislike Paul. I just didn't like the way everybody played Paul's game for them instead of their own game. Um, but that, that's just my take. Anyways, 
I tend to not like returning players, but if it's Izzy, I'll give her a chance. <laughs> the HOH competition was the wall, and I did watch it live, and Suri was the first out, and then Felicia fell. And then America was the third out, and so went my spirit. You know that, that scene, you know Victorious, where they do the bird scene, and she's like, the bird left one day, and so went my spirit. That's me. That, that was me when America fell. So went my spirit. So that was devastating. And at that point, I was like, okay, Corey still got this. Then, I don't know if he was the next to fall, but Corey fell at some point. And then more and more people fell. And it came down to Bowie Jane, Blue, and Jared. And at that point, I was rooting for my girl, Bowie Jane. I was like, come on, 34-year-old queen, pull it through. Pull it through. Um... Not that long, like they, I think they were up there maybe like five minutes, just three of them. Blue fell and immediately after Blue fell, Bowie Jane fell and I'm pretty sure she jumped. Like I think she confirmed to Jared she jumped. And so Jared won HOH and I literally felt, I think worse than I felt last week. No, I definitely felt worse than I felt last week when Cam won. <laughs> I really did because I had more hope that Corey and America wouldn't touch the block and I was right, I was right. But after the big altercation between Corey and Jared, I was like, that's it. It's over for Amara Corey. Like they're going up next to each other. And that is the worst case scenario because the, I, them being next to the walk together is just the worst case scenario. And Julia reveals that the jury is seven people, which means there's two people left in pre-jury, which just made my sadness and disappointment even stronger because I was like, if Corey or America go out this week, then they won't even get to be in jury together. Like it was devastating. It was genuinely devastating. So anyways, stuff that happened this week that I, I don't remember when it happened, but I have thoughts about. So Corey told Suri, Izzy and Jared about his brother, Zach being the first boot on Survivor. I think either last week or at the beginning of this week. Like it wasn't that long ago, right? Okay, we're following. Then, not very soon, not very long after, Jared has this weird conversation with Cameron where he's like, Corey is telling America really personal stuff, like outside of the game stuff that could like really impact the game. And like, it's dangerous. Like he's really like, whatever. Like he made up like such a big deal. He's like, it's a big deal. Like when you find out you're gonna lose your mind. Like he literally played it up like that. Just so fucking rich coming from him. So that was the whole thing. And then Cam at some point, like maybe the next day, goes to Corey and it's like, have you been telling anybody some like really personal outside of the game stuff that could impact the game? Because you should be careful who you trust. And Corey goes to America and he's like, did you say anything about Survivor? And she's like, no, what are you talking about? Because she hasn't. Mind you, America, Corey told America like a while ago and America at the same time, it was like, a, they showed it in the episode like a, a while ago. I think it was like after Pressure Cooker, like that's how re like long ago it was at this point. And America told Corey that she went to Brown and she's been telling everybody sh that she went to the University of Texas in, I, I don't, like the, the one year um, where she grew up. I don't remember where in Texas she grew up. So sorry, South Texas, but I don't, I've never been to Texas, so I don't know. But I do know that she was the baddest bitch in South Texas for dictionary skills, because she did say that on the feed. But I don't, I don't remember the name of her town, but she's been telling everybody she, that she went to the college, like in her town, instead of saying she went to Brown. And Corey hasn't told anybody that, so 
like he believed America right away. And he was also like, it just doesn't make sense that like you've known for like way longer. But the the moment I tell them like Cam is being all ominous. So like, thank you for being intelligent, Corey. Love that for you. So that became a thing, right? And then it, it was brought up in the fight today because Corey ended up telling everybody that his brother was on Survivor because he was like, if this flip is happening, like I don't need Jared bringing this up. And they, they talked about that in the fight. And I just like, I just have to say, and Blue said on the feeds today after the HOH competition to Corey that Jared told her about Corey's brother like right away. So like, he's such a hypocrite, but that stuff, it really made me angry because I think it's one thing to like, really make a big deal of like something like that when it's not that big of a deal just in general but when you are in the game with your mother who is a survivor legend and you told your like showmance about it and that is objectively a much bigger deal because she's in the game and you're like oh if you found out it'd be crazy it's that's a weird thing to say because you're basically implying that it's like such a big deal, such a big secret. What if it gets out that you're related to Sari? Like that's a way bigger deal. It's just stupid to me. Jared, honestly, I just, he's just, he's stupid. He's shitty to blue all the time. She's gonna turn on him. I just, anyways, another thing um, that I wanted to say is that, <laughs> about this week, is that Cam was a complete and total ass the entire time. Like. I could not stand to listen to his conversations with people because America would be like, you were the target last week. And he'd be like, no, you're wrong. And she was like, no, you were the target. And he's like, that's not true. And then in his diary rooms, he'd be like, I see now that I was the target. And it's like, you, why can't you just say, and you know what? He doesn't do this to Corey because there are like, he only does this. I mean, maybe he does this to other people, but I, I tend to I not watch him on the feeds that much unless he's talking to America um, or like Corey. But like Corey would say something like he would when he'd bring up an idea, if America would be like, no, that's not true. Or he would bring up an idea that Amer that he didn't think was true. He would be like, no, it's not true. You're wrong. <laughs> like solidly, he'd be like, you're wrong. And then if Corey and him were having a game talking, Corey would disagree. He'd be like, oh, that's like that makes sense. But like multiple times to America. He'd be like, no, literally America said, Jared hates me, which like objectively true. All that Jared ever does is say that he doesn't like America. He's told Corey, who is sleeping in the same bed with America every night that he wants America out. Like he said that to Corey, like it's known that he doesn't trust America. And he's also not very nice to America. Like so much so that Corey's like, I don't like, it, it's easy to see. And, and, and Cameron's like, no, you're wrong. And, and America's like, what do you mean I'm wrong? And he's like, you're wrong. That's not true. Like, he can't ever just be like, that's a good point when it's like America talking. It's absurd. And more than once, like when he was trying to push the Izzy thing before more people agreed to the Izzy thing, he kept being like, look, I'm not going to be the dumbass. If they don't vote Izzy out, then they're the ones who are going to be stupid, not me. Like, I'm not going to be blindsided. They're the ones, like, fucking themselves over. He was such a cocky asshole the entire time. Like, as much as the Izzy... Flip was very compelling television and very interesting to watch on feeds. It was so fucking annoying that it had to happen on Cameron's HOH because I hate that man. The one positive of 
the jury being seven people, is that Jared and Cameron can still be out. Cameron will be out this week. <laughs> I'm manifesting this. Cameron will be out this week on Jared's HOH, and then Jared will be out in the double eviction. It's going to happen because God doesn't hate me that much. We've suffered, you know? I, I, <laughs> I say that, but every week I come on here being delusional, and, and, and not that many good things happen. But Matt and Jag, the last thing I want to mention from this week, and then I want to talk about my hopes for next week, and then I'm going to wrap up this podcast. A positive that came out of the week is that I do genuinely think that Matt and Jag, like, I don't know, because Matt was, Matt and Jag are always really on the fence for me because Matt has always really seemingly trusted Sari and not trusted America. But I always felt like he would go towards America if she was in power like I, I he felt a bit more like floatery and Jag honestly as sweet as he is it's like one day he's such a good like smart game player and he makes good points and he's like these people I can't trust them and then the next day he's like we should tell them things so like he just he's he's so inconsistent so I just I wasn't sure if they were gonna stick to the America Corey side. Like, I don't know if it, they were going to sway them. I don't know if the fight was going to have an impact. Like, I was really worried. But I genuinely think Corey and America did really good camaraderie building. And I do think that maybe that alliance... Like, I'm really hopeful that Matt, Jag, Matt and Jag are going to be working with Corey and America going forward. I do think they did a good job. Like, I think it was the right move of... More than getting Izzy out, it was the right move to be, like... Jared is not reliable. He's not loyal to you. He's not loyal to me. Like he's loyal, like he, he he's in all these alliances with multiple people and in your alliance, he's throwing us under the bus. In our alliance, he's throwing you under the bus. Like he's not, like I, I think that was a big thing in the like argue, like the fight that happened. Sari was like, it's like normal to be in multiple alliances. And I don't think that's necessarily wrong. Like, and Bowie, and at some point, Sari was like, who in this room is only in one alliance? And Bowie Jane raised her hand and she's like, that's not true. Like, we're the other alliance within the alliance. But I think there's a difference between being in a big alliance and then having smaller alliances within the big alliance and then being aligned with everybody in the house so you have all your bases covered. And I'm not saying it's bad gameplay, but I'm also saying that it's a fair point to be like, there's a difference between being aligned with multiple people and then being in one alliance, telling the other people that one alliance is fake while the people in that alliance think it's real, my cats are fighting. Like if you're in multiple alliances and you're telling alliance A that alliance B is fake and you're telling alliance B that alliance A is fake and then at some point the people from alliance A and alliance B come together and, and pair note, like compare notes and they're like, not only are they aligned with me, but they've been saying that their alliance with you is not true, like real. They're not loyal to you. They've been throwing you under the bus, specifically Jack. They've wanted Jack out more than once. Like the seven deadly sins has been nothing to them. Like those are all fair points because being aligned with multiple people is not the problem. It's the fact that you're not actually loyal to all the people you're aligned with. And again, I'm not saying that there's inherently anything wrong with that, like backstabbing, betraying, blindsiding, it's part of the game. But you also can't be mad if people are mad about it and then don't want to work with you because they've been working with you while you've been working with everybody else and they don't know who you're actually loyal to. Like, why wouldn't the people who have been loyal to you thinking you're loyal to them come together and then just be loyal to each other? Like, it, it makes sense. 
So anyways, I do hope Matt and Jag will be working with Corey in America. Now in the feeds after Jared won the HOH, it did seem blue went to Jag and America and like, and Matt and they talked and it seemed like blue wants Jared out. Now I didn't really believe it coming for blue because I'm like, I don't really know. Do I trust blue? I don't know. She seemed like really done with Jared and it's like, for what reason? So I don't know. If that happens, like I will take back anything negative. I've, I honestly, I don't even think I've said that many negative things about blue because I, I don't have that many negative feelings towards blue. I think the Slay Kitty Purr thing is funny. Her DRs are kind of cringy, but you know what? That's fine. Like I, I, I've never disliked blue because I will always hope for a woman, a woman to come out on top, you know? <laughs> um, I'm not gonna hate a woman because she's associated with a shitty man. Like being associated with Jared is punishment enough. He's such an asshole. <laughs> like I don't hate blue, I never have, but I haven't been rooting for her in the game because she's aligned with Jared and I want Jared out. But if she turns on Jared, then she has my stamp card. I love her. I will be seated for the slop risotto recipe. I mean, I'll be seated for that anyway. I'm so serious. I want to know how she made that slop. Like, I'm fascinated. But anyways, she said to the, like, she was saying all these things. And then Matt, like, they all talked, basically. Not in a, the same room, but, like, they relayed the message to each other that Blue's plan is, like, we need to tell Jared and that side that we don't trust Coin America and that we're on their side. So hopefully Cameron can go out this week and that could be the target and maybe either America or Corey will be a pawn, but they'll be safe because they have the numbers to stay if they're up against Cameron. And then next week when they don't have the power because Jared can't play and Serene, Felicia, aren't likely to win, we get them out and like we st we stick with Corey and America going forward. So I do think that will hopefully, that's my ideal path forward is Cameron gone this week and then Blue betrays Jared. Now again, I was kind of hesitant because Blue's kind of wishy-washy, you know? She's like seemingly good and then she, she's like seemingly good and then she'll like change her mind and then she's loyal to Jared. Like, like I don't know. I don't know, but she like talked directly to the camera. Like she said she was done to Jared, but I don't know if she was just saving face. So then when, like, I don't know if it was like the same perception I had of Matt, where I was like, I don't know if he's just trusting Corey and America to cover his bases, but he really wants to align with Sari. Like I, I couldn't tell if Blue was really willing to backstab Jared and like if, or she was just saying that to cover her bases because Jared will likely not be, like his side of the house will likely not be in power next week. And she wants to make sure that she's not a target because she's associated with them. But she did talk directly to the camera and she was like, I'm done with him. It wasn't my week to win because she was really, really sad after the wall comp that she didn't win. Like she was crying, like she was really sad. She was like, it wasn't my week to win that's okay. And now that it's not jury, I don't care about, about betraying my relationship with him. Like, like she seemed genuinely like she would do it. Now, does she have the, I feel like she does want to, does she have the, you know, the chutzpah to follow through the cojones? I don't know, but I hope she does. 
and I'm rooting for her. I'm really, I really am. Like, I want her. That would make her an icon. Like, I feel like a big critique of Blue is that she's playing a lot for, like, social media. And you know what, girl? That would be a viral moment. <laughs> Slay Kitty Purr. Like, I'm so serious. So my hopes for this week are that Corey and America don't go home, that neither of them goes home, that Cameron goes home. If one of them's on the block, I just hope it's against Cameron. Even if it's against Jag, I don't want Jag going because he's a number for them, but I would rather him go than Corey or America. So my, my hopes for this week are that Corey and America are safe. Cameron goes out first. And yeah, that, that all, all I can hope for this week is that Corey and America make it through. And... If Cam goes, that's an extra benefit. And then hopefully Blue turns on Jared. That's that's all I hope for the season going. Like, that's what I really, really want for the season going forward. And I want more than anything for America to win an HOH competition. Like, I thought the wall was her competition to lose. I mean, at this point, I think the pressure cooker is her competition to lose. Um, I think the wall, maybe like the leaning and like the slippery aspect of it. Like, there were just differences that I think really got to her I don't think she dropped I think she just genuinely like fell I think the pressure cooker was different because it was more mental like she just had to keep her hand on the button and stay focused and I I think that is just more of her forte and she didn't win sadly but she could have she did that that doesn't count she made a deal but I want her to win an HOH so badly that's all I have to say for this week of big brother it was crazy um it's truly this the the scary verse that we're living in right now with Cameron being HOH and then or Cameron being H no was it Cameron being HOH then Jared being HOH then Cameron being HOH and then Jared being HOH again we really lost but it's okay because we might have lost the battle but the war isn't over and I'm not giving up. I've said this week and week again. And you know what? What's crazy is every week, Corey and America just get stronger. Their power gets stronger. Their relationship gets stronger. Like, I have faith. I have faith. Because you know what? Jared can't win forever. So as long as they survive the week, the numbers are on their side. Because with Izzy going, I really do think that it's going to be a turning point. I do really think with Izzy leaving, it's going to be a turning point. I think if Blue betrays Jared, that could be a really big turning point, especially if she somehow reveals something about Suri and Jared. Like I, I feel like there is a lot of game left to be played, and I'm excited to watch it unfold, even though I'm nervous about this week. I have faith. I have faith that things have to get bad before they get better. You know, there's always a rainbow after the storm, and right now, it's a hurricane. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it a lot. This episode, I need to stop saying the episodes are going to be out late. If the episode is out on Friday, I'm not going to consider it late anyway. I have a full-time job. And more than that, I've been staying up later to watch live feeds. So I just like, I record these later in the day than I normally would on Thursday. And... Sometimes I just don't get them edited by the time I go to sleep. And that's okay. So it'll be out sometime tomorrow, which is Friday. It'll be out sometime Friday. 
I release episodes every Friday. When I can, sometimes later, I, again, this is a hobby, but if you like this episode, please feel free to check out the rest of my content. I have a lot of Big Brother things, a lot of other reality TV episodes, but I've also covered non-reality television. I've done deep dives on scripted television, but as I said in my intro, I am not doing that currently due to the SAG after a WGA strike in solidarity. I pivoted to only reality TV content and I'm enjoying myself a lot. So thank you so much for listening. It means a lot. I really care about this podcast and it truly means so much to me if you listen. My cat Ernesto was meowing. Thank you as well if you hear a little meow. Thank you so much for listening. You will hear from me next week.